After my heart attack, cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, cash from active care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is active care? Active care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out-of-pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Morning Report. My name is Willie Lawson. The Morning Report is a production of Fightback Media. You can get to Fightback Media at www.fightbackmedia.com, www.fightbackmedia.com. You can get a hold of me um, at wls860 at gmail.com, wls860 at gmail.com. Um, last week, we heard from our friend from Bayfield, um, our friend Paul Swanson. Paul Swanson uh, is of the Swanson Report. You can go to the Swanson Report by simply typing into DuckDuckGo Swanson Report. Swanson spelled S-W-A-N-S-E-N because it's Swedish and Paul Swanson is a Swedish guy. I know. So again, not only go to the Swanson Report, subscribe and buy Paul a cup of coffee, throw him a few bucks. He does a great job. He does a great job posting in the uh, morning report Facebook page uh, do do us a solid go ahead and do that we really really would appreciate it alright now on to some of the stories of the day we're going to get started right away we found out this morning something that a lot of us were already aware of that the people's um, people's liberation army was indicted for seeing 145 million Americans data in the, in the Equifax um, breach. Remember that. China's uh, depths of reach on the world stage have been repeatedly brought to light in the last week, with the coronavirus reaching outbreak levels, surpassing SARS, learning of the Jap Chinese spies at Harvard and other elite educational institutes. Uh, now we learn that China was responsible for the Equifax hack. Just today, the Justice Department charged Four members of China's People's Liberation Army's 54th Research Institute for stealing personal data from 145 million Americans. If you remember, back in 2017, uh, the Credit Reporting Bureau, Equifax, was hacked and compromised to nearly 150 million American personal information um, was, was compromised. We're talking about names and addresses and birthdays, social security numbers. Um, addresses the whole nine, the whole nine. Um, this was a deliberate and sweeping intrusion into the private information of American people indicted by a federal grand jury in Atlanta last week. It was determined that the soldiers used a vulnerability in Equifax online dispute portal to access and secure servers over several weeks, reports on the National Review. 
the group was then able to run approximately 9,000 queries while routing traffic through 34 servers to secretly obtain names, birthdates, social security numbers for nearly half of all American citizens before uh, compressing and exporting the data. Over the weekend, <clears throat> Secretary of State Mike Pompeo spoke to 44 governors at the National Governors Association meeting with one main message, do not trust China. Speaking to governors specifically about dealing with China, Pompeo said they've labeled each of you friendly, hardline, or ambiguous. I'll tell you where you think you belong. So, someone in China already has. Many of you, indeed, in the reports are re referenced by name. The report refers to the understanding that each governor is being individually analyzed by at least one Chinese government-backed think tank on how malleable they are and how prone to cooperate with China, with China reported Politico. Pompeo warned the governors, competition with China is happening inside your state and affects our capacity to perform America's vital national security functions and warned them to be cautious about everything from business deals, pension funds, and the and the DC metro system. Folks, we we've known that China is not our friend. China has not been our friend for years and years and years. China has decided that they have found a way to be the biggest dog on the block. And if it's stealing technology because they can produce stuff so so cheaply and so quickly, then they'll do that. So what do you think they're what do you think they're doing with the 100, 145 million pieces of stolen data? Well, what they're doing is they're selling it to people who want to buy it. This is how they're funding their crap. They've got unlimited resources and time to fund their efforts in stealing technology and in that stealing data, American data, social security numbers, names, birth dates, addresses, the whole nine. And you know that they're making those things available on the dark web for huge money, right? Nearly half of the citizens of the United States. Yeah. Do not trust China. Do not trust China. Um, and, and the second story, uh, both nerdly. I, you know what? For a long, long time, when Rush Limbaugh would say snurdly, we never heard snurdly, never saw Bo snurdly. Bo snurdly, I mean, the name sounded like he's not talking to anybody. That's that's a, that's a made-up character. There's, there's no such thing as Bo There's no such person as Bo snurdly. But we find out later, I found out later, that, that there is a Bo snurdly. Bo snurdly is the producer of the Rush Limbaugh show. You know, he's the board op and producer and, you know, that guy. And you know what we found out later? Bo Snurdly is flipping black. And has been with Rush Limbaugh for 30 plus years. So Bo is not that thrilled to hear from CNN and John Acosta in particular that Rush Limbaugh has said some racist things he is not that happy Bo tweeted I just saw the footage from CNN Jim Acosta saying Rush has a history of saying disparaging things about African Americans I have been in the studio with Rush for 30 years I would like to formally challenge CNN and Jim Acosta to provide the list. Interesting. Um, it is, I think, poignant 
and important that Bo Snirtley, who again has been with Rush Limbaugh for 30 plus years, understands who Rush Limbaugh is, has seen him in multiple circumstances and situations, having to deal with all sorts of people in that time. Frankly, I'm going to take Bo Snirtley's uh, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to take his opinion. I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to take his side on what he has seen about who Rush Limbaugh is. I'm just going to. And I think it's, I think it's awful and terrible that CNN or anybody else would just offhand it says, well, you, well, you know, the guy's racist, right? Because this is what they're doing. Well, you know, he, well, you know, he's a racist. Well, there's, you know, fat. It's just that he's a racist. And most of it goes back to Barack Obama. Let me remind you of something. You, you remember when Russ said and got into a, a whole kerfuffle about wanting Barack Obama to fail. And of course, the simple-minded left was like, well, he only wants him to fail because he's black. No, because what Rush said, and I'm sure, Bo, if you're listening, you know, I understand the context. He, you know, basically he said, if these are the things that Barack Obama wants to accomplish, I hope he fails. If this is what success for Barack Obama is going to look like, I hope he experiences failure. If these are the things that will look like success for Barack Obama. I know. That's a perfectly logical, salient point. That can easily just, I'm not saying maybe misconstrued. It could, the point is, it's just ignored because the narrative is easier and simpler to the simple left that Rush wants Barack Obama to fail because Barack Obama is black. It didn't have a damn thing to do with Barack Obama being black. It had to do with Barack Obama's policies that Rush saw as a disaster. And here they are again. And it's because, and, and this all came back because if you remember in the State of the Union address last Tuesday, Wednesday, um, Rush Limbaugh received the uh, Medal of Freedom from the president. And he just, and, and the left, that just blew the left out the out of the place. He's given the Medal of Freedom the highest civilian award by uh, award by the president, you know, by the president to a racist, to an avowed racist. And I saw a tweet today and said, "Remember um, Barack the Magic Negro? Yeah, guess where that didn't come from? It got played on the Rush Limbaugh show, but it didn't get." It didn't start there. It started as a newspaper thing, as I remember. Um, and Rush Limbaugh played it on the show. He didn't. He didn't come up with it. He didn't write the song, and it was a parody. Um, so this idea that this is the Rush Limbaugh thing. Is is ridiculous and insane again? The um, the lazy left came up with all of this. If we go back to the Los Angeles Times, Los Angeles Times, an article written written by David. Ernstein on March 19, 2007 at as an LA who wrote about uh, Hollywood and politics. The article is this. Uh, as every carbon-based life form on the planet surely knows, Barack Obama, the junior Democratic senator from Illinois, is running for president. Since making his announcement, there has been no end of commentary about him in all quarters. Musing over his charisma and the prospect he offers of being the first African-American to be elected to the House. But it's clear 
that Obama is also running for an equally important unelected office in the province of popular imagination. Quote, the Magic Negro. The Magic Negro is a figure of postmodern folk culture coined by a snarky 20th century um, sociologist to explain a cultural figure who emerges in the wake of Brown versus the Board of Education. He has no past. He simply appears one day to help the white protagonist. Reads the description on Wikipedia. He is there to assuage white guilt, i.e. the minimal discomfort they feel. Over the role of slavery, the racial segregation in American history, while replacing stereotypes of a dangerous, highly sexualized black man with benign figure whom for whom interracial sexual congress holds no interest. This again, going back to this, and I saw this thing, no, 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 having to do with um Negro. This is from a Los Angeles Times article way back in 2007. Let's get real now. That's where this came from. It didn't come from the Rush Limbaugh show. And someone, I think someone wrote a song. Barack the Magic Negro, blah, 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 some parody song that ended up on the Rush Limbaugh, that ended up on the Rush Limbaugh show, I believe. But that's not the genesis of that at all. This is why stuff like this we need to talk about so it can help you when you hear that and you will hear that today or tomorrow or whatever you can say no 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 that was from a Los Angeles Times article back in 2011 by David Erstein that talks about uh, but it's but it's clear that Obama is running for an equally important unelected office in the province uh, of the popular imagination the quote magic negro that's where it came from. Does that have anything to do with Rush Limbaugh? So, both Snurdly patiently for CNN and Jim Acosta and the rest of the pukes to come up with a list. They won't because, first of all, they're freaking cowards. <coughs> and there is no list. The real list. Our right, little break. We'll be back with more of the morning report. My name is Willie Lawson, and we'll be back after this. You know, every man my age should have three things, in my opinion. First, you should have your own barber. Second, you should have your own car mechanic. And third, you should have your own florist. That's right, florist. My florist is Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop. Located at 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida. An FTD Top 100 florist. Blooming Days meets all of your floral needs while respecting your budget. Give Christine a call at 813-933-1942. www.bloomingdays.com Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections it's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. 
All right, welcome back. Welcome back to the Morning Report. My name is Willie Moss. I trust that you are having a fabulous, fantastic, amazing day. Uh, <clears throat> start your day the conservative way with the folks here at the Morning Report. Myself and Paul Swanson of the Swanson Report. Um, before we get on to the next story, I want to remind all, all the local listeners, all the people in the Tampa Bay area, you know that in, let's see, in three days, three flipping days, it'll be Valentine's Day. Do you know that? Three days. You only got three damn days. And if you think that you're going to get up on the 14th and get something done that morning, you are out of your flea-picking mind. That's dumb. Don't do that. Call Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop right now. Call her up first thing today, right now. Or go to, if you can't call her up, go to the other uh, website, www.bloomingdays.com and get your order in right now. You're already on the internet. You're already listening to this podcast. If you don't do it now, you're a freaking moron and you basically deserve whatever happens to you. And, I, and I'm pretty sure whatever happens to you won't be good. But you begged for it. All right. <clears throat> There's been a lot of talk here in the past few years about minimum wage. Now, most of us here at the Morning Report and the Fightback Media think that the whole, just basically the, the, the generalized concept of a minimum wage is a, is a pretty stupid thing. And basically that just makes sure that people will not be able to earn money. It, you know, the minimum wage makes sure that prices stay artificially high and make sure that your dollar, the dollar just in general, buys less. Hmm. And the people here understand that it isn't the minimum wage that is a problem. Um, it is the devaluation of the dollar, the manipulation of the dollar by uh, our government and by forces like the Federal Reserve. We understand that there are a lot of moving pieces of why, you know, that $265 one-bedroom apartment in Tallahassee just doesn't exist anymore, or that $400 a month two-bedroom apartment in Tallahassee where I went, when I went to college just doesn't exist anymore. So a lot of our young people, so a lot of our kids who are in their late 20s and early 30s, it just makes more sense to stay at, it just makes more sense financially just to stay in a the room they grew up with. Not that they want to or like it, it's just, it doesn't make any damn sense unless there's somewhere, somewhere where they can make a bunch of money. If they just have, quote, a regular gig, it isn't, it isn't their salary that's the problem. It is the hyperinflation of some of these industries and the devaluation of the dollar that has put them in this place. So, knowing that, guess how much um, Steyer... Tom Steyer thinks minimum wage should be. I know there's been this big fight for 15. But Tom Steyer is of the mind that minimum wage should be $22 an hour. Should he become president? $22 an hour. Think about this. Just think about this for a second. Think about the last time you were in a flipping Walmart. Imagine that person you dealt with was making $22 an hour. Okay, the last time that you were in a fast food drive through that wasn't Chick-fil-A. That person making $22 an hour. And this fantasy that it wouldn't have any, it wouldn't have any effect on the price of things. It would have something to do with the cost. The cost is how much money it takes to produce it and get it to market. And the price is some, it has to do with is what they sell it for. And, and some of these people would have us believe that giving people who work at McDonald's, for instance, I'm not picking on McDonald's part, you know, per se, because Frankly, there are a lot of people at McDonald's. Most of the people at McDonald's do not make, they make more than minimum wage. They make more than minimum wage no matter where they are. 
So this idea that McDonald's has a bunch of minimum wage workers, they they don't really. Most, and anyway, here in Florida, we most people don't work for minimum wage. Most people make more than minimum wage. But Tom Steyer says that minimum wage should, we should implement a minimum wage that is $22 an hour. And again, imagine the kid, except if, you're, if, except if it's Publix, who was supposed to take your groceries out to your car this weekend when you were at the grocery store. The kid who was chasing carts at the grocery store. Again, I, I think about it everywhere else unless you were at Publix. Fast food. Think of everywhere else except if you were at Chick-fil-A. $22 an hour. Tom Steyer made the comment during a uh, block party in Winsboro, South Carolina, an area that has one of the highest unemployment rates in the state and has struggled in recent years. Now, here's the part that, that billionaire Steyer misses. There's already no jobs there. There's already no jobs. So an implementation of a minimum wage that's $22 an hour, that's not going to spark jobs. The people who who may be able to hire somebody are going to be able to hire fewer people because if you have to pay them $22 an hour when you can't pay them 11 uh, you can't hire more people. As a matter of fact, you may have to lay off people in order to get to the in order to get up to the bottom from where you are. It's ridiculous. It is ins- it's an insane concept. The climate change activist uh, activist pledge is seen as more progressive than his counterparts, Senator Bernie Sanders um, of um, Vermont and Elizabeth Warren of Maine, excuse me, of Massachusetts, who have called for the minimum wage to be increased to $15 an hour, something that is commonly accepted among Democrat Party and their supporters. The federal minimum wage right now has remained at $7.25 per hour for the past decade through 29 states, and Washington have set Though 29 states and Washington, D.C. have set higher, at the beginning of January, more than 20 states raised base pay even higher. The annual earnings for full-time minimum wage workers are about $15,000 a year, which is slightly above the federal poverty line for one person. Before we go on, we have to remember, and this is what a lot of people, you know what, in this Continue, continue to refuse to remember minimum wage was never meant to support a family of four. Minimum wage was basically designed to, to support yourself. And maybe not even that. It was a starter job. It was like the starter home. It was, a, it, it, it was like the starter car for jobs. That you could make a little money while going to college or you could make a little money while you were in high school, so you could save up for a car or insurance. It was never, ever, ever meant to support a family of four. Or even a family of you, of an adult and a child. It was never designed for that. So this idea that raising the minimum wage raises the ability to pay for things for people is sort of a specious thing. It it seems like a good idea. It seems like it ought to work, but because of the devaluation of the dollar, most people end up in the same spot that they were in before. Real quick, how many people worked their first, their second real job, got a real raise, and in just a, a, a couple of months, realized that they were in the same exact spot they were before? That they that they either owed the same amount of money or even owed more money than they did they did before. Hmm. Most of us have been in that spot. It is the devaluation of the dollar that is a bigger problem than having more dollars. Now, 
if government decided they want to do something about the devaluation of the dollar and the manipulation of currencies, both by, by, by foreign governments and our own governments, then that will be something that would make our dollar, the dollar that you have in your pocket, the dollar that you have in your bank account, actually buy more. That would be what, something that I'd be down with. But ain't nobody, on Republican or Democrat, talking about that. So when Steyer comes up with this nonsense, this pandering bullcrap nonsense about $22 an hour, you just want to walk up to him and put some duct tape over his mouth and say, stop lying. You know this. You know, as a business person, this will not work. You're just trying to get votes. Stop. Stop. And then more nonsense on the um, on the Democrat campaign trail <sighs> Joe Biden is the guy it just keeps it just keeps coming it just keeps coming the right to keep and bear arms was established so Americans had had the ability to defend themselves against a tyrannical government that's what the second amendment's about the second amendment is not about hunting it's not about home protection it's about being able to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. They knew a power-hungry government would be would first unarm its citizens to make them helpless and, uh, and unable to fight back. That's why our founding fathers established the Second Amendment. They wanted to make sure that that never happened. In fact, Thomas Jefferson wrote that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It is, it is its natural manure. It's a quote that former Vice President Joe Biden loved to implement before stomping all over the Americans' desire to own firearms for self-protection or having forbid a tyrannical government. Here's what he said. Those who say the tree of liberty is watered with the blood of patriots, a great line. Well, guess what? The fact is that you're going to take on the government. This is Joe Biden talking. You need an F-15 with Hellfire missiles. There's no way that an AK-47 is going to take care of you if you're worried about the government knocking down your door, um, Biden told a group of supporters in New Hampshire on Sunday. And so it's bizarre. We never said you could... We never said... You could own any weapon all from the beginning. You can't own a machine gun. You can't own a bazooka. You can't own an M1 tank. No matter how much money you have, you have limit. You, ha- you, can, you can limit the kind of weapon that can be owned. Well, he's wrong. Because the Constitution doesn't say anything about that. It said that the, on the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say anything about the government getting to decide what kind of firearm you can have. It doesn't say anything about that at all. Zero. And I know that it seems crazy. I know that it seems crazy that somebody could have an M1 tank. (laughs) I know it seems nuts, right? But the Constitution doesn't say anything about an individual not being able to own an M1 tank or an, or an FT or an F-15 with Hellfire missiles. It doesn't say anything about that. It doesn't say anything about machine guns. Although we have decided to, we have decided as a people to <clears throat> disallow the private ownership of automatic weapons. Those are machine guns. Now, bad guys have freaking machine guns, by the way. But we have taken the machine guns out of the hands of law-abiding people. And now, and now it seems like even law-abiding people are like, well, you know what, that's okay. That that sounds like a good idea. Well, all the time, bad guys have fully automatic weapons slash machine guns. More Joe Biden. I think... And by the way, 
all of the work I've done on this, including in the uh, Obama administration, I have over 58% of the NRA, NRA members acknowledging you can't own an assault weapon. Do you know why they say you can't own an assault weapon? Because there isn't any such damn thing as an assault weapon. There's no such thing. That's a made-up bullcrap term. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as an assault weapon. You can assault anybody with friggin' anything. A ballpoint pen, if I stab it in the back of your damn neck, is an ass- I've assaulted you with it. And if I hit you in the right place in your jugular, in your jugular, you'll bleed out. You will bleed out before anybody gets to you. You will drown in your own blood. Isn't that lovely? And I did it with a ballpoint pen. Is that an assault weapon? I assaulted you with it. I've got a uh, a plastic um, blue M&M on my desk next to me. I guess if I hit you in the eye with that, I'm guessing that would be an assault. And would my plastic blue M&M saxophone dude be an assault weapon? I guess it would. Yeah, you've got people agreeing with You've got people agreeing with you, Joe Biden, about not being able to own an assault weapon because, first of all, there's no such thing. There's no need for it. You can't have, you can't have, you can't own a magazine that has more than 10 rounds in it. Why not? And I know for some of you who who may be um, not supporters of the Second Amendment, not supporters of the NRA, you were saying, what, what does anybody need with that? So what? Let me tell you a quick story. We were talking about global warming with my neighbor uh, a a number of years ago. And we're talking about vehicles and some of these gas guzzling vehicles. My neighbor was a person who said, I want gasoline to go up to $10 a gallon. That would destroy the quality. You know, he was saying this sort of offhandedly, you know, what this virtual singling bullcrap. Um, just ignoring that $10 a gallon for gasoline would ruin my life. That would com- cause me great consternation in, in my life. And I don't have one of those gas guzzling vehicles, but $10 I would, would, would put a, a, a horrible crimp in anything that I was doing. He just sort of sort of offhand. I wish it would go up to $10 a gallon. I was like... So he mentioned... It just seems crazy that this 120 pound, this 110 pound woman would be crawling out of one of those big um, SUVs. What does she need? What does a 110 pound woman need with one of those big SUVs? And my response is exactly the response um, I give when somebody says, "What does somebody need?" With a, a magazine with more than 10 rounds in it. What does somebody need with an AR-15? Which is not much more than a friggin' hunting rifle. What does somebody need? Well, the fact of the matter, it doesn't friggin' matter what they need. It doesn't say in the Constitution, if you need this. And if you don't need this, you can't have It doesn't say anything about need. It doesn't say anything about that. So... What we have to go with was, is this, it's what they want. It's what they believe they want. This doesn't have anything to do with somebody else deciding what they need. This is, this is the loony left. This is the loony left. Fight is a perfect example why the Second Amendment exists. Saying Americans shouldn't own specific firearms because they'd never be able to compete with the government is precisely why each and every one of us should have access to the same weapons as the military. Now, if you think about why the Second Amendment exists, it exists to protect the people from a tyrannical government. So whatever weaponry 
that the military has, it makes sense if that is the basis of the Second Amendment that the citizenry be able to garner the same weapons. Most people don't want an M1 tank. We just don't. We got nowhere to park it. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to spend the the money for the diesel fuel that it takes. We don't have a place to repair it. We don't want a submarine. We don't want a battleship. We don't want an F team. We don't. We don't have the one and a half million dollars for an F fifteen. Let alone the Hellcat missiles to outfit it with, and the runway it takes. However, if we are being true to the intention of the Second Amendment, we should. There shouldn't be any restrictions. There should not be any restrictions on what kind of firearm people can have. Because what it says in the amendment is, shall not be infringed. That's pretty clear. Sorry, Joe Biden, but not sorry. We'll be back with more of the Morning Report, a production of Fightback Media. My name is Willie Lawson. My other host is Paul Swanson. We'll be back right after these messages. This is Willie Lawson for the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. You can have access to a growing nationwide network of attorneys and legal experts. You can get bail assistance. Um, The network provides up to $25,000 to post bail on behalf of a member who has used force in self-defense. The fee deposit your attorney immediately after a self-defense for representation during questioning and other vital defense services. You can reach us at ARM Citizens Legal Defense Network. Our number is 360-978-5200. That's 360-978-5200. Or go to www.armed.com citizensnetwork.org You're tired of the cold? You're tired of the taxes? It's time to move to Florida. And our friend Gary Knight at New Homes of Tampa Bay is the perfect person to help you. You can just give Gary a call at 813-770-9452 or you can go to the website to look for your brand new home at www.newhomestpa.com. Move to Florida. It's about time. Welcome back to um, Morning Report. My name is Willie Lawson. This this is a production of Fightback Media. You can go to fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com, and listen to all the morning reports 24-7, plus some of the Fightback 2020 programs, plus uh, True Lasting Change, 24-7, 365, fightbackmedia.com. Just scroll down to the, you see the little record player, little record, click on that, bingo, bango, boingo. You're good to go. Now, we're going to go back a little bit to the State of the Union address. You remember the State of the Union address. I was just talking to someone today about it. And it was just like, you know, and I tweeted this while it was happening. Oh, by the way, something cool happened happened to me on Twitter. Now, I have said this many times, and I believe this like I'm sitting here. Twitter, Twitter is a dumpster fire of social media. It just is. It is a burning mass of trash at any given time. 
somebody had tweeted um, and tagged Ricky Gervais about not hosting the Oscars that was last night. Did you know? Did you care? No, of course not, because you don't care. Um, Because I don't care. And I just happened to be reading it, and I was reading some of the comments. Golly, I hate reading comments. I shouldn't read comments. But anyway, I was reading the comments, and people were like, Oh, Ricky, you, you... you should host, you should do a, a, a YouTube at the same time. And it's why, because Ricky Gervais basically, quote, told off, end quote, a lot of the Hollywood elite at the Golden Globe Awards. You remember that? And so what I tweeted was this. Uh, I said, Ricky Gervais is not an ally of the conservative movement. Um, he did speak truth to power, and it's super fun. But let's not turn him into Reagan. And I, and, I, and I mean that because we have a tendency to be so excited that somebody on the left actually agree with us on, on a single point that we want to anoint them as John Birch instantaneously when really nothing could be farther from the truth. And I tweeted that and within five minutes, the first like on that tweet was actually from Ricky Gervais, the dude. And I thought, wow, cool. Now I have my second engagement from a, a celebrity. The first one was Cher. Um, she blocked me. <laughs> and a like from Ricky Gervais, so... Share, suck it. Don't need you. You're not funny. Ricky Gervais, on the other hand, a lot of times is funny. There you go. Um, so that was my brush with greatness this morning. Uh, how, how and the state of the union? How must it? How must it have been? If you watched. The president is, is doing his thing and just killing it, I must say. Just killing it. Just you, you get a scholarship. You get to see your daddy. You, it was like a, it was like a game show. <clears throat> Amazing. Highly produced. Went off without a hitch. And all the time, Nancy Pelosi's back there shuffling papers the whole time. At the beginning of his rally in Manchester um, last night, President Trump used an opportunity to chide um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for grunting and groaning during his State of the Union address and to recognize the Senate for voting to acquit him in his impeachment trial. On Tuesday, I delivered my address on on the State of the Union And I had someone behind me who was mumbling terribly. Mumbling. Mumbling. Roar, roar. Oh, ha. He explained, mocking. (laughs) She was mumbling. Very distracting. Very distracting. (laughs) Of course, the crowd booed any mention of Nancy Pelosi. You know, it was distracting. I'm speaking and the woman is mumbling terribly behind me. Angry. There was a little anger back there, Trump said as the crowd laughed. Um, we're the ones who should be angry, not them. We're the ones who should be angry, the president said, but pro- but we probably declare that we are in the midst of a great American comeback. Our country is stronger today than it was than, than ever before. So, apparently, it must have been super annoying. She's back there tearing paper. She's back there uh, mumbling and sh- and shifting papers around uh, while the man is trying to give the State of the Union address. They're out of control. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it the only way I can say it. Uh, we simply can't negotiate. We can't come to any sort of understanding. We simply have to beat them at the ballot box all over the country. That's what we're charged with. 
All right, we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. After my heart attack, cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, cash from active care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is active care? Active care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out-of-pocket medical bills. Active care gives you protection at an affordable price. So get active care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. After my heart attack, Cash from Active Care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, cash from Active Care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is Active Care? Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out of pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com.